Welcome to True Truths and Tidbits, Life with Melinda. Each week, I will share with you my true, transparent truths. I have learned over the years that the best way to help yourself and others to overcome is by being honest. My hope for you, my friend, is that you will discover your own true truths on this journey with me. Sit back and relax because our journey begins together right now. Melinda, and I am so glad that you're here with me on another episode of True Truths and Tidbits Life with Melinda. Today, I want to talk about redirection of rejection. I battle with rejection, and I choose to say battle because. Instead of struggling. And this is why. Battle means that I'm fighting it instead of it fighting me. So I like to, if I am going to have to battle something or if I'm going to have to learn to deal with something, I want to be in control of it. Excuse me. And I don't want it to be in in control of me. So, you may say it's a play on words or whatever, but to me, it's a declaration that, okay, this is what I deal with, but I choose to deal with it. It will not deal with me. So, rejection defined just means to not be accepted. Or to purposely not accept something. And rejection is something that has went uh, very deep in me for a very long time. Rejection started as a child. Um, I grew up in a household with my mother and my father. They were married my whole entire life until my father passed away in 1997. But also my mother was raised in an era um, in which the color of your skin was a very important factor in either being accepted or rejected. And I kind of fall in that category that um, I'm not darker than a paper bag, but I'm not as light as one either. So it's like a little space in between. And because of that, you know, I wasn't as light as my sisters. And rejection started early because I was always either asked, are you adopted? Or even rejected in my own household because, you know, for my mother, you know, lighter was always more accepted. So it was a struggle early on that I had with being rejected. And because of that rejection... When you deal with rejection, you build walls before others can build them for you. It's a, it's a strategy. It's a coping mechanism that comes into play so that you kind of always are leery of what people are or what their intentions may be. 
So if you can build this wall first, this way that you're in charge of letting people in instead of allowing them to put themselves in. So I wanted to talk to that talk um, today on that subject of rejection because I had a revelation on it not too long ago um, as I started my walk with God and getting to know him more. It's amazing the things that he explains and put it into perspective. And I'm a visual learner. So a lot of times he shows me things visually because I can connect with it. And when I can connect with it, I can put my hand on it. You know, it becomes tangible to me. And it's, uh, if it's tangible to me, I can be able to um, either let it go or redirect it in some type of form or fashion. So a lot of times when people deal with rejection or like myself, it's something that starts at an early age. It's like nine times out of 10, if you deal with rejection, it's nothing that doesn't really come later in life. It's something that starts really early on, like in your formative years, you know, toddler age, or preschool, or school age. It's very strategic. It comes when you're when you're forming your identity, who you are, things that you like, things that you dislike. And it normally comes and happens in such a way that when rejection comes to meet you, it's kind of devastating because you have lived carefree, you really don't know what that is. You know, you know how to share and not share. And this is mine and that's yours. But rejection comes deeper than that. It's something saying that you're not enough or you're not good enough or you're not what we want. And it's strategic in that way because... In those formative years, your mind starts to build up ways to protect yourself from these outside opposing um, things that, you know, want to come after you. So it's kind of up there with the boogeyman. So you become heightened. Your senses become heightened because when that rejection comes to leave a mark on you, it becomes like an indentation. It's like uh, you can separate it before rejection and after rejection. It's purposeful so that you'll never be the same in it. So rejection is a tactic that the enemy uses. And when you realize that rejection is from the enemy, it helps you to redirect that rejection. And I'm going somewhere. Okay, you ready? Let's go. So when you come in early, you get this rejection either from your family or someone close to you. You start to question early. Okay, well. If God is this amazing, loving creature or spirit, 
And he knows everything. And he knows like beginning and end. He knows what you're thinking and what you need. Why would he put me? This is what the enemy. Why would he put you in a home that doesn't even want you? Or why would he allow you to be in certain situations where it's clear that you're not accepted? If he, God, is this God of love. So if the enemy can plant that seed and bury it deep inside of you enough, not only will you have built up walls for those that mean you harm, but you're also building up walls Against God, who means you no harm. It's very strategic. And because because rejection and trust is like cousins. You know, they're like first cousins. They're close. You normally see one, you see the other. Like best friends. Because once you accept rejection... You also accepting that you can't trust anyone because that harshness of being rejected in a way that it cuts in a way, you know that you don't like it. Just like the first time your mother tried to make you eat Brussels sprouts, you build up a, you build up a, a point. That you automatically know, I don't like this. I don't like how it feels. I don't like what it does. And so when you build that up, you also built up a lack of trust in others. That's why it's strategic. And that's why you have to also realize it for what it is and for what it isn't. Because rejection sometimes, it can be a point of redirection. It's just like if you're driving down the highway and you have your map quest or whatever functionality that you use on your mobile device and it's telling you which way it is to, to go. And it's detected that a... Um, accident or some type of emergency is up ahead so it's the way the map system is built in it has different routes it can take you on that's going to take you around the roadblock the emergency or whatever it is that you can't continue the way that it was intended for you to go and it redirects you around it but you still end up where you were supposed to be. And sometimes when you battle rejection, you have to look at it as such. That it's a redirection. It's not always a bad thing. It's not always for you to spiral out of control, questioning who you are and whose you are. It's sometimes sent to keep us from out going down those rabbit holes and those spiraling out of control because God already knows these relationships or your desire to be accepted or your desire to fit in or your desire just to be loved 
And you may find it in a person that you may ignore the flags and the red lights that's flashing before your eyes as these warning signs to try to tell you, don't even proceed with caution, just turn around and leave. And so sometimes we run into these relationships that if we won't heed these warning signs, then God would give us a redirection of rejection to get us out of it. And you would say, well, why would he want to do that? That's just mean, or is it? If God already knows what you've forgiven someone for, you know, what you have laid down at the cross, what you have decided that it's not going to be any part of you, and as you walk as this new person and walking in love like you've never walked in love before, and then here comes this person that appears to be, you know, someone that you can trust or get to know. And sometimes we as new Christians or Christians or just people, ain't religion, let's just take that even out of it. That we just decide right then and there that I'm a new person, so I'm going to give people more opportunities. So we run by what we know, and that rejection comes as a sting, as a reminder that maybe this isn't the direction you need to go. And so you get redirected, and you get taken around to where it is your desired destination that God has for you and instead of wallowing in it which I do at times I'm just transparent and I go through all the well I thought we were friends or you know I thought I could trust them they you know I just felt so connected I felt so this and but God knows more than what we do he may know that the rejection in that person is not going to go well with the rejection in you. And he's trying to save you from the heartache. Or maybe the situation we thought was for a lifetime, but maybe it was just for a season and we don't know how to cut it off. And so we get those flashing red lights, those roadblocks, that rejection and instead of lingering on it as something that you did wrong, we have to redirect our thoughts that it's gone its course. It's done what it's what it needed to do in our life and the life of the other. And you can walk away and be grateful for what you had and be able to apply it. To whatever it is that God wanted you to get out of that season. So rejection is not always to make us feel bad or, you know, to get depressed or start questioning our existence. Sometimes it's just redirection because we're so excited to do what it is that we think that we are supposed to do. And we have let down our guard. And that rejection is the redirection and let you know that, hey, God loves you more than you think he does. Because he sees the harm that's down the road 
that you don't see while you're using your app to get to where you need to go. And his love is the redirection that's still going to take you exactly where he needs you to be. I'd like to take this time to thank you for listening to True Truths and Tidbits, Life with Melinda. If you have not already become part of the family, you can do that right now. I invite you to subscribe. Look down on your screen and select subscribe. I'll give you a moment. Perfect. Now you're part of the True Truths family. You'll be one of the first to know when there's a new episode available for your listening pleasure. Also, I would like to invite you to look where you found subscribed and feel free to leave me a message. Who knows? Your voice may be the next one we hear on the next episode of True Truths and Tippets, Life with Melinda. Until we meet again, my friend, I hope that you will continue to strive to live out your true truths. Don't lose hope on your dreams and your aspirations. And if things don't work out the way that you plan for this day, Always remember, there's tomorrow. Until next time, my friend. Goodbye.